Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back. No questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code unfiltered for 15% off. They're just living with a lot of surveillance and they're also afraid of what we share about them and being embarrassed by something, you know, one of their parents shares. And kids have told me that other kids will actively go through parents' public Facebook or Instagram posts to find things to tease kids about, which is just brutal. Hey guys, it is Monday and welcome to the CatNet Unfiltered podcast. And this is a special podcast because Nat and I started the Common Parent way back when, because when we had teenagers, we felt way over our head and like no one was talking about it. Toddlers and the younger ones, everyone had all the conversations and there was books. So The Common Parent is a community that we created for members where they can go and listen to amazing experts. Now, because we love our community so much, we wanted to bring over some of the experts so you could hear little snippets of them. We bring you one a Monday, if you're in the membership, you know that you get full access to them and you have a whole bunch of library in there. So if you're new here, 
go check out thecommonparent.com. And if you're not, you're going to take a listen to some of the experts that join us. Um, Really, it is about taking tools for your toolbox, quick hits, because a lot of us don't have time for a lot of books. And all the experts are so amazing that learning something that's actionable that day is like, ah, the best. So uh, this Monday, we hope you enjoy our expert and just sit back. Uh, We know it can be overwhelming. We know it can feel like a lot, but with the experts and the community and us, we all can do this together. Take a listen um, to our next expert right after this break. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Nat. We are, we are joined today 
by um, Dr. Deborah Heitner, and she is the author of Growing Up in Public, Coming of Age in a Digital World, and ScreenWise, Helping Kids Thrive and Survive in Their Digital World. Your work has appeared in the New York Times, Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and the Atlantic. You have a PhD in Media Technology and Society from Northwestern University, um, and has taught at DePaul and Northwestern, and you are delighted to be raising a teenager of your own and you live in Chicago, Chicagoland. Is that Chicago? Yeah, Skokie. So near Chicago. I can walk to that. Chicago. Okay. You have a, you're a floating head and it's so fun to see you just floating <laughs> within, in, with no background. That's, <laughs> there you are. Um, you know, this is such a prevalent conversation right now, as we were just saying before, the fact that um, I have seen our children living in real time of world events and creating their own uh, uh, opinions and comments and then resharing their own ideologies, not our children specifically, but other children online, maybe not fact-checked or not educated because they're not having conversations with their parents in front of the news when you watch world events and then they come out and they decide to say things that um, maybe they should not be saying or record things or consume things that they should not be doing. And I feel like right now, this is such a needed conversation for us as parents. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, because we are the first generation to be parenting children with such access to digital media. Basically, Deborah, help us. Okay, we'll start by just... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, our job is a lot harder. Like when I ask parents what they weren't allowed to watch when they were kids, and people raise their hand and talk about like, you know, parents like my age will talk about shows like Three's Company and like younger parents will talk about like The Simpsons. And I'm like, who in this room wishes The Simpsons was the most outrageous thing your kid could see and every hand goes up like, you know, like I would obviously, you know, give my five-year-old at this point, the Simpsons compared to like what they could see if they're on YouTube and they can see atrocities. Right. So I think, I think there's just no question that our job is harder now. And okay. in terms of like impacts, like we'll talk big picture because I'm sure it's multi-leveled and really this is a tween and teen focus because I think they're the ones who are actively digital citizens. Let's call them digital citizens right now. And I know it's even younger, but what are what are the biggest impacts or are we seeing them yet with any research of children being able to live and document and share their life so easily like are we seeing impacts yet definitely we know that kids are are worried about potentially getting canceled by their friends by their peers by school because of something that they've shared or someone shares about them or they say something and someone records it and takes it out of context and it's it's terrifying for them and they're they're just living with a lot of surveillance and they're also afraid of what we share about them and being embarrassed by something you know one of their parents shares and kids have told me that other kids will actively go through parents public facebook or instagram posts to find things to tease kids about which is just brutal oh it- my gosh yes i mean i remember my my friend had uh, uh her mother was an author and she had some sex scenes in the book and i remember that her people bringing the book to school and being like oh my god your mom is such a pervert that is the least you can imagine if your mom's an only fans <laughs> and they get to go or and even just anything that a parent can say and post just casually about their child because you're right um i i, I do know that like even our children's uh, friends are watching all of our everything and bringing it up to them uh, is, as you shake your head you're like yep is is there yeah. <laughs> a, is, is there a way is this a teachable thing like are we so far gone that we cannot teach our children some type of digital citizenship or is there something we can actively teach? 
We can absolutely teach our kids to be more human and empathetic with their friends online in these digital communities because we grew up you know, experiencing being excluded, experiencing not getting invited to a party, experiencing a friend and a friendship ending or a romantic breakup. And all of those things are just playing out in this new space for our kids. But the feelings are the same. The essential human experience of like having a friendship change or, you know, going through being excluded from a party or left out of an event, that experience hasn't changed. It's just playing out, you know, maybe on Snapchat or Insta or Discord or YouTube in a different way than it did. But the feelings are the same. So we need to trust our intuition as parents that we know things that can still help our kids. If we throw up our hands and say, oh my goodness, this Snapchat world is too different from my world. I can't help my kids. Then we're kind of stepping away from being the mentors we need to be. We absolutely can help our kids navigate this stuff. And some of it is just being curious without being spies we can be curious, like they can show us what they're doing on social and how it works. And we don't have to understand every little thing about how it works to understand that seeing a map on Snapchat of where all your friends are has some potential to make you feel horrendous, right? You don't need to know everything about Snapchat to be like, wait, wait, show me that map. Wait, we can see where everybody is. Okay, let's talk about this. And and let's talk about that. I think that parents don't understand that a lot of kids won't vocalize that they're checking the snap map all the time because it's their reality of what they're doing. And they know very well who's with who and where someone's with someone. And I, I can't, if you don't even know what we're talking about right now, which I think some parents are like, what in What's the snap map? It is a, a place where you basically have an avatar and it follows everything you're doing from whether you're in a car, whether you're walking, whether you're in someone's house and you can see a general bubble. Although we have a neighbor who's a boy and my daughter's a girl and it looks like they're always together <laughs> of the snap map. And she's like, everyone's going to like, you know, cause you can live on the same street and it looks like maybe possibly you're together, but she's like, they're going to think I'm with them all the time. But it's interesting. How do we, as parents, if we don't know about a snap map and I, we're curious, how are we protecting them and teaching them about how to use it? If we don't even know what the heck these things are. Well, when your kid is signing up for an app, you want to look at all those things with them, ideally. So for example, your kid could be on Snapchat and not be revealing their location. Now, a lot of teenagers do want to be on the map because literally as a teenager, that that describes how all teenagers feel. Like, of course you want to be on the map, right? Who would want to have your high school be all mapped out and you're off the map, right? Of course you want to be sort of someone that people can see. But at the same time, I have questions for Snapchat about why they would push such an invasive feature that is really kind of dangerous in terms of all of our privacy. I think as a Gen Xer who loves my privacy, I'm like, why does anyone need to know where I am all the time? That seems really creepy. What if I'm in a situation that's abusive or I have a stalker? I mean, heaven forbid, like that's really scary. But even just for my friends not to know where I am all the time. Like that seems like a lot of information to be sharing. So there's that question. It's like, why do the apps push this kind of stuff on our kids? And I think that's a a question a lot of us are asking right now. And, you know, all over the world, people are looking at policies to push back at some of these companies and say, wait a minute. But then there's a question for your kid of like, emotionally, how does it feel to know where everyone is? And a lot of times, like say your kid's in grade nine and it's, you know, a Tuesday night, like chances are most of their friends are just at home, like doing their homework, going to bed, right? It's not like everybody's out at a party on a school night, you know, for most of these kids, but it's still, it's just a lot of information and maybe, maybe more information than kids want to share. And there's all kinds of implications. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I, I do also want to raise to parents' attention, like from our own experience, I'll say, oh, why don't you call so-and-so and see if they're available, like even Taylor. And she's like, no, no, she's on the snap map with so-and-so. So it's like they won't even, it, it it breaks down their communication too because they're looking at, well, they won't do that because they're with so-and-so and I don't know so-and-so, so I'm not going to call so-and-so. So it really is indicative of their, their social lives too. But and how, yeah. even though your kid's not on snap map, they can still see everyone on the snap map because not every parent's telling their kids to take them off the snap maps or how are most you people don't even know it's possible to be on snapchat and not on the map like the idea that you could do that and instagram also has had location at times like i'm not sure what they're currently doing but a lot of these apps reveal your location in as a default and so if, unless you change that setting and toggle it off and the thing is they don't have each other's phone numbers you know nope. so even to call like they would be snapping to each other cuz most of the kids will will either chat or they'll reach out on discord like if you have a kid who's a gamer and they're more on discord that might be how they reach out very few kids have each other's numbers unless they had them sort of from way back before they were on social media i feel i feel like she needs to highlight that i feel like you oh, need to highlight that i, I didn't parents. even realize cuz i was like um you know when i want to turn off um certain like you know apps during the day or a certain and times and then my daughter's like but I just, I need to be able to talk to my friends. I'm like, we'll just message them. And she's like, I only talk to them through Snap. Mm-hmm. So now their communication or Discord, their communication, giving them the ability to be on that, which you want them to be able to communicate with their friends if they're just like asking about homework and stuff like that, will also allow them to participate in this social media frenzy at the same time. It's like, they're not, they're not separate like they are for us. Because it's a face-to-face social skill to ask for somebody's number and the bar feels really high. And we have to remember now our kids are living in a much more complicated world in some ways where like anyone could potentially be asking someone out, for example, right? There's no real gender limits on that at this point for our kids. So like even for a kid to ask a kid of the same gender, for example, like who they might just want to be like study buddies with or friends with and it's it's platonic, right? Or kids who are not the same gender and they just want to, again, be like platonic study buddies. When you ask for someone's number, it almost implies like you're asking them for more. Like it's like asking them on a date or something. It feels like this really high bar. Whereas if you just look them up and DM 
DM them on in direct message them on Instagram or Snapchat, that's like a lower bar. And it also like skips the, and it skips the face-to-face awkwardness of having to ask for somebody's number. Oh my gosh. I never even thought about that. Oh my gosh. Asking for someone's number is like, it's so old. It's also so, it's so, it's so much more personal. It's fraught. It's fraught for these kids and all of these pandemic babies in particular, like got really comfortable just like meeting up on Roblox or now meeting up on Snapchat or Discord. And so it's hard for them to be like, what's your number? How do we explain to them like um, how we, so first off, we educate ourselves on, you know, what the different apps, um, you know, are allowing, but then how do we let them know as parents, because we're so old and what do we know? How do we let them know that these things can impact them and that it is important that they're aware of uh, sharing privacy, sharing location. Like what are the things that we can say to them that makes sense to them and that they care about that they're going to be like, I know, Oh, that makes that sense. Actually gonna listen to. Right. Cause some of the privacy stuff they just think is convenient. Like they kind of like, like I find it creepy even that the TikTok algorithm or the YouTube algorithm like knows so much about me, but they're like, Oh, but it's so cool because it knows so much about me. So it's sending me what I like. And the, that's convenient. Or Amazon knows what I want. So it's going to send me suggestions of more things that I want. Right. So I think what we want to do is is tread softly, but help them see what are the most important things to keep private? And what are the things that would, for example, like devastate them if they, if it got out? And that's, it's really important for them to understand that Snapchat's been hacked. Jennifer Lawrence had her nudes, you know, hacked, and now she's like very careful online, right? And so, you know, for example, you might think like, oh, I could safely send a nude or a sort of risque picture on Snap because the pictures go away. But knowing it was hacked is a good thing to know. Knowing that on a group text, if you say something you regret, somebody's parents might see that. Like if you're a grade sixer or something like for sure, somebody's mom's reading that group text. And if you're older, there might be someone you don't know who you haven't met yet. And then like next week you join the debate society or something and there they are. And you've just made this really horrendous impression. So I would try to keep it very much like in the here and now, like this might be a family you'd want to babysit for or a kid you don't know yet. And they're getting an impression of you. What I don't think we want to do is is turn it toward this really negative threat-based conversation. In the book, Growing Up in Public, I really focus on like character over consequences and talking about, is what you share in alignment with who you are or could you be misunderstood versus yeah. saying you won't get into university or you won't get a job because of what you said uh, in the text. Good one. I, I like that. Uh, we have a, This is not on the question here, but I, I would love to hear your interpretation and thoughts on this. A lot of people ask, what is the right age for my kid to get a phone, right? In the social media apps. And my argument is always, well, first of all, we have um, COVID kids who were got in trouble for not being on devices. So our eight and nine-year-olds are very versed in, and they FaceTime all of their friends. And I no, say, no, yeah, me too. And, 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 and I say, out of curiosity, I want them to learn how to use the device and small mistakes when they're younger. Is that the wrong way? Like, is there, it, or are we teaching them? When is the right time? Yeah. There's no right time. It really depends on your family and your kids. If you have a kid who really struggles with impulsivity, they that might be a kid who maybe should like use your phone to text one friend for a while and like have that be training wheels or a cousin or someone where you know the parents really well. And then they work up to it. If you have a kid who is home alone after school, they probably need something, but maybe they don't need something with a browser and social media, right? So mm-hmm. you don't have to go from like nothing to everything. You don't have to go with the best phone that and 24-7 access. You could also start with a kind of a starter phone, one of the sort of baby phones. I mean, I, I teach a whole class on people getting their kids a first phone. 
And it really is something you want to start preparing for for a few months before you do it. You don't want to just drop that phone under the tree in December. Like it's really better to prep for it and also manage your kids' expectations. If you know that phone isn't going to live in their bedroom overnight, it'd be good to let them know that before you surprise them with it. Because otherwise there's going to be elation followed by tears and screaming. Right. That's So it is something you teach. It's not just something you assume. Absolutely. And I think we really make the mistake of assuming our kids know how to text. So before they even do social, we need to teach them about texting. And a lot of kids really mess up in texting and group texting. So I would say at least a year on texting before we add a social app to that device. Um, and even picking up the phone, I thought, I thought I was so cool. My, my kid, I, you know, had been exposed to me and I wrote screen wise, you know, before growing up in public. So I was like, I'm good at this. My kid's going to be great. He got a phone. I was like, I'm going to call him, see how it's going. He was home alone. That's why we got the phone initially. So he could be home alone. And I called and he picked up the phone. Ladies, he said, what? Oh (laughs) Oh, no, I failed. So I was like, all right, dude, I'm going to call you back. Hang up. I'm going to call you back and you're going to pick up and you're going to say, hi, mom, what's up? So we're just going to add a few more syllables to that what. I mean, I know that was a short snippet, like, you know, not long, but I do want to let you know the value of listening to experts where we curate the experience for you because topics can feel so overwhelming. And when you get a mom's perspective that we're all concerned about, you know, often experts deep dive into like one topic and we're like, but wait a minute, what can we do right now? And how can we fix this? And can you help us? And that's really what about the, com- the common parents about is normalizing it and giving you guys quick information. And if you are not someone who can listen to audio all the time, but I think you are because you're listening to this, we email you, we give you quick um, roundups and always things that are cutting edge. And we just really appreciate all of you being here. I hope you learned something today and we hope you have a wonderful day or night wherever you may be. 